Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of This is the Waycast. I'm Sarah Edwards, the resident Star Wars writer for Boardwalk Times. I'm Elizabeth Pfeiffer, the senior editor at Boardwalk Times. I'm Giovanni Delgadillo, a columnist at the Boardwalk Times. And I'm Zach Perlstein, the editor-in-chief at the Boardwalk Times. This is a podcast where we break down every episode of The Mandalorian as it releases on Disney+. Plus. You have been warned. So today we're going to be talking about the second episode of season two of The Mandalorian, The Passenger, where our boy Mando is tasked with helping this frog woman to the moon of Trask to be reunited with her husband. So this episode, I saw a lot of comments of people saying that there wasn't a lot of like wow factor to this episode, but I kind of enjoyed it. I totally agree. Um, I think right away we were just thrown into absolute craziness. Um, and I think it was something different. We haven't seen some kind of side quest like this. And I think um, we even dove deeper into the character of Mando himself, um, which we'll get into a little bit later, but we saw him really struggle this episode. And I feel like that hasn't happened in the past to the extent that it did today. I think the greatest uh, strength in this episode lies in the fact that it feels like it's even though it is a side story, it, it manages to tell a whole story, if you know what I mean. The, the entire episode was from beginning to end. It felt like one just contained very, very well-made story of its own. And, I, and it's funny that people are saying it wasn't impressive. I thought it was impressive the entire time. There was a lot of very, very nice VFX shots, um, especially near the end. And in general, I was just very entertained. I think this is one of the better episodes, in my opinion, of both seasons. Yeah, I can agree. I think this one is my favorite episode. Also, just we got some really great moments of Mando bonding with the child. Like he really had to be a parent. Like he had to stop the child from uh, eating the rest of the frog woman's eggs or the few scenes where like the child would run back to Mando like, dad, pick me up, save me. There were just so many little like awe moments that I really loved. That's what I think was best about this episode. You can see why some people thought uh, this might be a cool-down episode because episode one was such a high, but I really enjoyed this episode because you got to see the child interact with Mando so much. The side quest was great, in my opinion, and I think there's, and we'll get into it more later, but I think there's a lot of little clues within this episode that can set up things for this season. Yeah, I mean, this is also the first that we really see the Rebels kind of have um, some kind of appearance in this story. They've never really had... We've had moments where the Empire comes in or moments where the Empire from the past has come in, but there really wasn't any talk about the Rebels, which I thought was really interesting. I was so excited when I saw those X-Wing um, ships. They were so cool. Um, that's all I have to say about that. I just was really excited. So kind of going a little more in depth on the episode, like Liz was saying in the beginning, we really saw Mando struggle. Like we're so used to seeing him put together. If something happens, he knows that he can find a way out of this. But in this situation, he's really much like, just like, all right, I'm, I'm stuck. That reminded me a lot. And in fact, I'm going to bring this up a lot. Um, I felt like this episode reminded me a lot of chapter two from the last season. I felt like um, they're probably going to do a similar structure for each, each season, but I think that's a good thing because um, we see him struggle and like go through all these problems. And um, in the end, he's helped by someone else, which in the case of the last season was the child. 
um, and in this season it's the New Republic. And I don't know if anyone caught it, but uh, there's a little bit of uh, the resistance uh, march when they're leaving at the end. I heard it, and I was like, ah! anyways, yeah. In general, it feels like these kind of like side quest episodes are really, really well put together, and they're really good ways to kind of expand the story beyond just Mando needs to, you know finish x objective by the end of the season so yeah i think seeing him kind of struggle more instead of being like constantly you know batman was really cool i mean there was one moment though where we get to see him do that with the jetpack at the beginning i thought that was really good yeah i felt like seeing the new republic was probably one of the best parts of the episode in my opinion because even uh last season when we saw the new republic it was such a cool sight to see because you know we're exploring that, that return of the jedi like post return of the jedi um time period and i love there was a line that one of the x-wing pilots say and it was like we are in trying times and i know we're gonna probably cover that more later but it you know makes me wonder if not everything's good in the galaxy right now we know for mando it isn't but the rest of the characters is it as good for them yeah like they're trying to rebuild their governmental system and from the skywalker saga i personally don't read into any of the books or anything so skywalker saga is what i know but we don't really see what happens before the first order is has totally taken over when we get to episode seven um so yeah super interesting i think something else that i also really liked and this is kind of just going back to like we're seeing mando struggle is we kind of just get an idea at where mandalorians in general stand in on the good or bad spectrum, like, you know, he does a lot of bounty hunting, and a lot of times that can get him in trouble. Like, you know, they were saying he helped aid a prisoner escape. But, you know, it's just, we don't really, this is kind of where we cross that blurred line of like, is he a good guy? Not necessarily, but he's also not necessarily a bad guy. All right, so let's kind of break into when Mando gets to Trask. I believe he got to Trask, right? It wasn't like a, it seemed like this planet was a side like something they just crashed on or does anyone know the, 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 the uh, snowy place where they were yeah i think it's my assumption that this isn't trask and the trask was the actual objective that they're headed to for the next episode um and quick side note actually oh that was dave filoni right you know one of the x-wing pilots yeah it was yeah, yeah it, it was. was okay because i was like the chin strap is confusing me but that's dave and then the other one looked familiar but i wasn't sure at first i thought is this pablo hidalgo but i'm like no that, that wasn't him was it but but i know it's a cameo it has to be yeah i want to talk a little bit about that cave that they were stuck in like once we were getting into the part with the spiders i was getting major chamber of secrets vibes when ron and harry are trying to speed away from aragog i was just like this is too similar we're jumping from movie to movie references and i love it those spider things nightmare fuel that's the first like phrase that popped into my head when i saw them after i was like chamber of secrets what am i what am i watching and this is uh this is the second spider species we've seen in the past uh year actually from star wars because uh, there were uh, spiders on kashik in the jedi fallen order game so that's pretty interesting because these look completely different and in fact more disgusting in my opinion i also like how we get an idea of what the child likes to eat like that's such a random thing to think about but the child's main objective in this episode is he wants that woman's children and he wants to eat all of them and then when he realizes he can't have them 
he decides, oh, these things look good. I don't know what they are, but I'm going to go eat them. And I, I just really liked how the music was all light and happy as he's going to go and feed himself. And then I think it's like, it. there's like a tone that just kind of holds over for a few beats and it's like, oh no, something's about to happen. <laughs> yeah, I was really surprised about that like comedic part of it because he's just, he, he's just a kid. That's what we were saying earlier. And can we just talk about uh, Ludwig Gorenson being MVP of this episode with that little leitmotif he made for whenever the child was hungry? That was so cool. It sounded like a music box, but it's clearly something else. That's why I'm like, only this guy can come up with crazy stuff like that. And there were a lot of musical moments in this episode, I think, which is another reason I liked it quite a bit. Focusing more on the child, we also are starting to hear him be a little more vocal. Like, you know, Yoda spoke standard basic or whatever English is considered in Star Wars. But now that the child has kind of gotten more comfortable with, you know, Mando being his caretaker, he start, he's starting to be more vocal and make some more sounds. And I'm like, w will he be speaking English? Is he going to speak a language we haven't heard of in Star Wars yet? Like, what what's going to happen next with him? I'm so glad you brought this up because I was thinking the same thing. I was going to bring it up. Um, I use closed captions when I watch. Um, so usually he just coos. But then today in the captions, it was like speaking gibberish. And I was like, oh, his first words. I think um, it'd be funny if when he does start speaking, he starts out not doing Yoda speak. Or, or if, if there's Yoda speak, the Mandalorian is frustrated by it. So they acknowledge it like in universe that this is not normal. <laughs> like, we'll see what happens with that, but that'd be an interesting take. I could definitely see like a little piece where Manda's like, can you just talk normal? And the child would be like, normal, I am talking or something like that. That would be adorable. <laughs> I think however the child ends up speaking will give us a big clue whether he is a clone or if he's genetically made or if, you know, I think however he ends up talking that gives us the clue to where what is the child where does he come from i never truly thought of the fact that like he could be a clone from yoda because you know the, the child is technically 50 years old so that means that he would have been born or created when the jedi order was still around so that's interesting i never thought about that before have there been any other like conspiracies about that online I mean, all I know is because um, I rewatched some of the beginning of season one recently and uh, they were trying to extract something from the child in this first season. And that was never revealed. And I think that's on purpose. It's so that they can reveal it later. But there's something very specific about the child. Um, don't know if it's force related or not, because obviously that seems to be a big motivation for the Empire. It's like, ooh, it's a force creature. But we'll have to wait and see. And the interesting part is that um, that doctor that was working on the child in season one, the patch on the side of his uniform was a Camino patch. And Camino is the home of Django Fett and Bubba Fett and all the clones. My mind is kind of blown right now. Yeah, same. I kind of oh, yeah. remember hearing about that, but uh, oh my goodness, um, I completely forgot. Yeah, that helps actually. Could you imagine Yoda before uh, episode three? He was like, you know what? I could be dying soon. I'm like 900 years old. So why don't I give my DNA so that more of me could be created? <laughs> like, I don't want to say Yoda would be that, would think that way. But also, he sometimes has some kooky thoughts. So I could, I don't know. This is true. And then the fan name of Baby Yoda. 
would be canon. Too true. Speaking more about creatures, I kind of wanted to talk about the frog woman. I was so impressed with the fact that she looked at that droid and converted it so that she could talk to him. <laughs> I, I was not expecting that at all. That's something I think um, the recap, the recaps, I feel like they, they kind of spoil too much because literally in the first three seconds of the recap, they show the droid, which is like telling you, haha, this is going to come back. to I mean, I immediately skipped as soon as possible, but I feel like those recaps shouldn't exist at all because it's like, uh, of course, I'm going to remember that droid as soon as she looks at it. And it's cool because it's a surprise. So I was surprised at how they used it in the episode. I just feel like the recap having it there is like, haha, this will come back. Don't forget it. It's like, really? Don't do that. I also like how it just kind of showed that she's not actually this helpless creature who's just trying to find passage to another system. Like, I feel like a lot of times Star Wars will look at a lot of different species that kind of have that humanoid um, structure to them and kind of insinuate that they can't do very much or that they don't have a lot of um, knowledge with technology. So I really like that the Mandalorian in general just kind of shows that all of these creatures have knowledge that can really be used. Like it's just highlighting so many other species besides humans, which is one of the biggest things that I love about Star Wars. I mean, earlier in the episode, we got the giant uh, ant guy too, which is very cool. And he, he technically sort of helps the Mandalorian, which I'm not sure if that was a lie by the Junker lady. But anyways, uh, with the frog lady, I thought it was really cool that they showed her doing actual like froggy things like when she's getting her clothes back with her tongue or when she's hopping around at the end i was like okay that is so cool that they're actually showing this in live action star wars and also that ant you bring up giovanni i wonder if that's the easter egg because the director of this episode was peyton reed and he directed both ant-man oh my god i didn't even get to see that i ended that makes so much more sense oh my John Favreau, man, he just knows how to do it. For our listeners, our Sarah and I's jaws physically dropped, and we're wow, that's crazy, and that's so cool, and I love John. I mean, it makes sense as to why there were so many Iron Man references visually in the first episode, directed by John Favreau himself. And now we have Ant Man. We'll see what's next with the uh, Rodriguez and the rest of the crew. So going kind of back to. Um the force and the child. Um, I know that we were talking about how in the past, Mando has said he wants to learn more about the force because technically he doesn't really know what it is. He's like, the child can move things with his mind. But then he's saying, you know, may the force be with you to the rebels. So there kind of creates that little disconnect where it's like, does he know what the force is or does he not truly understand the full potential that the force has? Because that definitely caught me off guard. I think it's just more of like a a saying, because he he says it kind of reluctantly. I think it's more of like a, everyone uh, uh, speaks, um, you know, how you'll have different phrases. It's the same way um, at Galaxy's Edge, for example, they don't say, have a good day. They they say a specific phrase that I'm forgetting right now, but... Bright suns. Yeah, bright suns. That's what it was. But um, I'm pretty sure it's more of a, like oh um goodbye except you know more of a not religious thing because he like he he doesn't know what the force is i don't know just a common phrase because like i said he was reluctant to even say anything that makes sense um because i was thinking like their response what was the exact response like as do you or something like it was like 
as you were, or like, yes, you too. Something like that, but it really reminded me of like Catholicism in that way, because I know that they have something like peace be with you and also you or something like that. So I thought that was interesting. I think, it, it, I wonder if it was almost intentional because I, I remember reading an interview with John Favreau and he wanted to use like a saying once in the Mandalorian, like, oh, a dime a dozen. And then like Dave Filoni came up to him and was like, hey, you can't use that. That doesn't exist in the Star Wars universe or something like that. So I feel like if Mando is saying the may the force be with you, I feel like, you know, maybe it's more of a common phrase around there, but maybe later in the season, maybe he actually, maybe the force will be with him. That's true. He probably doesn't understand like what the force is. And he'll, oh yeah, like what you said, he'll make that connection later. Wasn't this also the first episode we hear someone say sweet dreams in Star Wars? Because Mandalorian tells the frog lady sweet dreams. And I was like, whoa, what? That actually, um, there, there are other phrases in, in the New Age uh, franchise that I found interesting the first time we hear them. Um, and uh, of course, <laughs> yeah, get cozy. And then like uh, uh, some stuff in the force awakens that I was like, what? And then um, another thing back to the force, um, we heard it first in the entire series last episode when the Junker later lady said it. Um, I can't remember what exactly she said. I just remember that that was also a question last week was how come she knows what the phrase is. But now I guess it's universal since Mandalorian used it as well in this episode. That's true. And do you think that he only used it because he knew that those were former rebels and so they worked alongside Jedi? But he doesn't know what Jedi are, really. So I don't know. I think he's just being nice. He was just trying to get out of a sticky situation. He's like, this phrase works, right? Absolutely. All right. So another thing that I was kind of surprised about was how fast we left Tatooine. Like at the end, you know, Boba Fett walked off screen. There was that dramatic entrance that he had where it's like, whoa, he does not look the same. And now we're just leaving the planet. So I don't know. I was kind of surprised that they already chose to leave Tatooine so soon. But then again, I'm also just really curious at where they're going to go next. Like he, he had, like that can't be the end of Boba Fett that we see in this season, right? I am thinking the same thing. And honestly, when they were getting attacked by those spider things and I heard shooting, I was like, oh, Boba Fett followed them. Clearly it wasn't. Um, but I, I really hope that he like kind of follows them the whole series and we can see like a backtrack of that when eventually Mando gets to talk to him. But what do you guys think? I want a classic Western fight in the season finale between Boba Fett and Mando for the child. But like a classic western style fight that's all i want this season or among other things <laughs> why would boba fett want the child just i want to hear like a theory well let me think of a theory off the top of my head but i think what if you know what if boba's still lord like i'm i'm botching his name but i wonder if he's still loyal to the empire and what if moff gideon strikes a deal with him like hey fett go get me the child i know you can get me this and then that's how the season finale rolls out. I don't really know, though, but might be plausible. Well, also, you know, Boba pretty much had a random death. You know, his armor was taken from him, and now he's without his armor. So if Boba was truly following the ways of the Mandalorian, like, he could be trying to get his, just his dignity back and his respect back. So I could easily see that being a factor. Like, if I can take down this other Mandalorian and take the child, Maybe I can win some kind of credit back to myself. 
that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking he's trying to regain his honor at some point in the season. And I don't know if you guys have been reading the recent rumors. There is a rumor that there may or may not be a Boba Fett spinoff. So some people were concerned that maybe that was like a quick little pilot introduction. I'm like, no, they wouldn't waste this character. If anything, I think if any sort of spinoffs happen, it'll be about the time between uh, episode six and the Mandalorian, what Boba Fett was up to. So we'll have to wait and see for that. Obviously, there's no official confirmation, but I do think Boba Fett is going to return in some way, shape or form, and he is going to want his dignity back. And Boardwalk Times will be on top of that coverage as soon as we find out if that Boba Fett series is real. Speaking of things that may or may not be real, um, I was reading a few articles that I think it was Star Wars India accidentally released that Rosario Dawson was going to appear in the show as Ahsoka. Um, I could be wrong. Those could be just rumors that I saw and it could be just something to get everyone riled up. But I think on Instagram, they accidentally teased that she was going to be playing Ahsoka in this show. So now there's the stakes are a little more higher to see like, are the Jedi going to actually be involved in the show? Or former Jedi, excuse me. I'm even wearing my Ahsoka shirt. But I mean, that I, I really hope she does show up because I think, I don't know how she could apply to the story, but I, I would just love to see that crossover with the Clone Wars still coming in. From my understanding, it wasn't, okay, it, I think it's a partnership between uh, some Indian streaming service and Disney Plus, and they were the ones that revealed something, but it wasn't like 100% official, and that's why it's more of like an accidental thing, like they don't know or not um, if it's true or not, and I say this because I don't know if any of you knew this, um, last year, right before the Rise of Skywalker released in Germany, they released a Burger King commercial that spoiled the entire movie based on spoilers from a fair, very famous leak that was completely 100% accurate. Like it was an 100% accurate leak. And it became one of the biggest things in the leak community, like for movie news. It was like, did Burger King seriously just air a commercial that spoils a movie before it came out based on knowledge that they weren't even sure was real or not? Because they probably thought it was fake. So that's kind of similar to this situation because they're not 100% sure, but it could be soft confirmation. And I do think Ahsoka would completely change the game if she shows up at all. All right. I think that's the end of this episode. Is there anything else that anyone wants to talk about? I don't think so. We covered a lot in a very short time, and I'm excited for next week's episode because I want to see the frog lady get to her husband. I'm very emotionally invested in her story. I think we're going to see Sasha Banks' character next week. I thought we were going to oh, see her this too. week. Yeah, I but I think was, next week. I thought she was going to be the passenger. I for sure thought that. Yeah. I'm also curious to see how many of the frog woman's eggs actually make it to uh, her husband because it seems like our child really knows how to open containers and how to find them. <laughs> Right, and I really would like to see the child use the force. I thought that it was going to happen again because yeah. they were in a sticky situation. Um, maybe next week. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of This is the Waycast. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of This is the Waycast. Be sure to tune in next week for episode three, chapter 11 of The Mandalorian. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Want more from the Boardwalk Times? Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Boardwalk Times. You can even subscribe to our YouTube channel at Boardwalk Times. If you want more Star Wars content, 
please visit our website at boardwalktimes.net.